Father, this morning we come to you. Once again, Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you. We lift our hearts and we lift our minds, our thoughts, everything towards you. Come, Lord Jesus. You are the light of the world. Your word is light. And the entrance of your word brings light. It brings life. Let our hearts and our minds be open to your word and to your spirit that we do not truly go from here the way we came. More healing, more deliverance, more wisdom, more power, more strength, and above all, the capacity to experience more of your presence. We pray, Lord, every time the ministry of the word takes place, If we believe, the word of God says, it has the power to work in those who believe. Therefore, this morning, let faith arise. All of us, faith arise. Help us to incline our ears to the voice of your Holy Spirit, to the ministry of the word. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So this morning, as we go to the Word, do not forget the lessons we learn every week. The kingdom of God. Jesus said, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. If there are many rooms, there are many doors. If there are many doors, you need many keys. Keys have a purpose, to open and to close. Two purpose. To allow in and to keep out. Okay? So we've been... Every time you listen, every time you listen to the word, especially Sundays, even Saturdays, when you listen to the word, ask God, there is a key in this. There is a key here. Okay. Yesterday's key was about how you watch. Watch, watch, watch. So you got a key. Don't lose it. Because all those will be left behind will be simply because they didn't have that key. They didn't know how to watch. Okay. Last Sunday you heard a message. It was the key which you should lock, not open. What was it about? All those who have ears and who listened. What was last message's core message about? Offense. It was about offense. So many people will realize they were shut out of the kingdom then and out of the power of the kingdom now because of offense. And even the mightiest of men were blinded when they were offended. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me, is told to John the Baptist, the greatest of the old covenant prophets. You do not know what offense does. Offense does. If you have offense in your heart, even if God comes and shouts in your ears, you will not be able to hear it. Because it has closed your ears. So it was not a light message. It was a very, very serious message. Do not be offended. 
guard your heart from offense. It's okay, it's okay. It should be good. Okay. I am not distracted. Do not be distracted. Okay. We have to go with scripture. Do not stop the children from coming to me. Unless they make a racket. And she's, she's cute. She doesn't make it. She used to. Imagine, she used to be the racketeer. Remember? That's what God does to children. So please remember these things. Behind every message, there is a lesson. That lesson, if we take to heart, will prepare us for the coming of the Lord. So we heard two Sundays back about the liberty of sons. The liberty of sons is that they don't take ownership. They understand they are stewards. Stewardship is so important in the kingdom of God. And even in this life, even if you do not know God, if you're a good steward, when famine comes, you'll get through better than the others. The price of cooking oil has hit the roof. But do you know how to use oil? Have you learned how to manage oil? Just instead of pouring it like water? And your oil is floating on everything that you cook? Did you know? What's the price of cooking oil? When you bought your vehicle, when you bought your bike, young people, did you go for racing or did you look at economy? Okay, that bike, economy bike did not look good, but it looks good now. It is pleasant to the eyes. That's stewardship. That's stewardship. All these things matter. These things matter. When, when, the, when the crunch comes, those who were good stewards of their time, good stewards of their resources, they, they will not be hit like the others. Not be hit like the others. So every behind every message, God is giving us a key. We will open a door. Or if you don't have the key, the door is closed. The keys are with him, but he gives to his children. Today, we look at another key. We look at another key. Very important key. There will be a few keys there, but let's look at it. Because we have to look unto Jesus. I want you to turn with me to First Corinthians chapter 1. Because we are in that season. A couple of Sundays, we will be celebrating the resurrection of the Lord. This is that week, that weeks, that time, the whole Christian world remembers the passion of the Lord. Let's look. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 to 24. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Full stop. If you are perishing, you don't want to hear about the cross. You don't want to hear about stewardship because it's sacrifice. You don't want to hear about sonship because it's sacrifice. You don't want to hear a message on watching because it's sacrifice. These are all messages of the cross. If you are perishing or if you will enter but will suffer loss, any message of the cross that demands sacrifice from you is foolishness to your ears. You will immediately shut your ears because what you want to hear is not the cross. You want to hear about a crown now. The message of the cross is foolishness. Foolishness to those who are perishing. Be careful. But to us who are being saved, it is that message of the cross. That message is the power of God. That message is the power of God. For it is written... 
I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? That's what you acquire and they give you a degree for it. Then, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God that through the foolishness of the message preached. What is that message? Message of the cross. To save those who believe. Hi honey. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. We preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block. And to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called. Are you called? Are you called? If you are not called, you cannot be saved. The call comes from God. The call, Acts chapter 2 verse 39 says, The call is to everyone, near and far. It is he who calls. But how do you know you are called? How do you know your calling is genuine? How do you know it is? Because to those who are called, for the promises to you and to your children and all those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And as many as those who are called, the cross, the message of the cross, is the power of God. It matters how you hear, how we understand. It matters with what ears we hear. Today we sang the song, Nearer to Thee. That's a song of the cross. It's not the song of the crowd. If you come to verse 24, to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ. Which Christ? The one who was crucified. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. The power of God and the wisdom of God. We all like power. This needed. The crowds came to Jesus because of power. They saw the healings. They saw the deliverance. They saw all the miracles taking place. And the crowds came. But Christ is not just the power of God. He is also the wisdom of God. Even Nicodemus came to God. To Christ in the dark. Because he saw the power of God. In John chapter 3 verse 2 said. You must be from God. Because of the things you do. Power attracts people. It attracts people. It's the power of God that brought people towards God. But what is the true power and wisdom of God? The Bible says it is the message of the cross. Christ crucified. Turn to Romans chapter 16 and verse 27. That's the last verse. To God Alone wise. To God. He alone is wise. Be glory through Jesus Christ. Forever. Amen. To God. Who alone is wise. Turn to Romans chapter 11. And verse 33. Yeah. 33 onwards. Let's see if we need the rest. Oh the depth of the riches, 
both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. You cannot search and find out the wisdom of God. His judgments are unsearchable. Why is it so important? When God says something, why do we have to do it by faith? Because we don't understand the wisdom of God. That's why we have to do it by faith. Because we don't understand the wisdom of God. Even if we have to explain to us, we will not understand. We will not understand. Who would understand the cross? Devil who was made perfect in wisdom did not understand the cross. It is a mystery to him. That is the wisdom of God. So by faith, we are actually touching the wisdom of God. It is unsearchable. How unsearchable are his judgments. His ways are past finding out. We cannot find out his... All we can do is by faith, believe in the wisdom of God. When he says something, I don't understand it. I'm not going to use a microscope and find out the what and the why and the where and the when of it. I'll just do it because it's unsearchable. Even when you see the result, you will not understand how did it happen. Fill the pots. Filled it. Take it to the steward. Took it. And he comes back and says, why did you keep the best wine for the end? How can you understand what happened? How can you understand? Nobody knows what happens. Modern science can never explain to you how can water become wine. The unsearchable wisdoms of God. How can you explain this? Who can explain this? Scientifically impossible. Possible. Walk seven days around the city. Once a day. Six days, seven times. And on the seventh day, just shout and shout the walls come down. How do you explain this? Still not understandable how did it happen. Nobody knows how it happened. Oh, they tried to say earthquake and all. Nothing, it just fell down. Lord, if it is you, bid me come. Come. And suddenly Peter sees he's walking on water. How do you explain this? This is not Jackie Chan in a Chinese movie. This is Peter on water, real stuff. This is not a camera trick. This is real. How do you explain this? Do you understand why we need faith? And not sight. Sight is the wisdom of man. Everything can be explained. The wisdom of God is unsearchable. And his judgment and his ways are past finding out. That's why the Bible says, the wisdom, Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. There is a wisdom of man, because he ate from the knowledge tree of knowledge of good and evil. There is a wisdom of the devil, because when he was created, he was created perfect in wisdom. And then there is the wisdom of God. There is the wisdom of God. We are talking about Christ in us, who is the wisdom of God. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs. It's all about wisdom. To verse chapter 8 and verse 22 to 31. 
somebody who has the remote, if you can come and move the vent up. Okay, otherwise I'll be venting from here. <laughs> the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. You know what this whole chapter is about? It's about wisdom. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting. From the beginning, before there was ever an earth, what was there? Christ has wisdom, was there. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was beside him as a master craftsman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was the sons of men. This is wisdom. This is wisdom. This is what the Bible is talking about. Christ, the power and the wisdom of God here. Wisdom is personified. See, even when Solomon wrote it, he didn't understand it. As fully as we can understand it. Because we have the spirit of Christ in us. In us. The difference. The new covenant believers. The difference. So do, to those who are called, who is Christ who lives in us? He's not only the power of God. He's the wisdom of God. But how do I access this wisdom? That is what 1 Corinthians 1.18 we saw. It's, it's not done? Oh, uh, you need just to put the either went down or the went up. Okay. Okay. For the message of the cross is foolishness. There's a message in the cross. Let me tell you. Every problem you face in life as a believer, personal, family, workspace, anything. The problem is not the problem. The problem is because you have not received the message of the cross. If your problem was a problem, you would not have the book of Philippians. You couldn't be lying in a Roman dungeon. We don't know how many weeks, months. Chained, hand and foot. Probably hardly any food to eat. Stinking to high heaven. And tell us, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I tell you, rejoice. The peace of God is guarding my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. One thing I desire. You read that book. You know, this is the message of the cross. What the cross can do. The power and the wisdom of God is with this man. So our problem is not the problem. Our problem is we have not received a message. We have maybe heard it. We did not understand it. We may not have believed it. We have not received it. The message of the cross. It is foolishness to those who are perishing. That does not mean totally you are unsaved. But if in any area of your life is actually perishing, it's because the cross hasn't come in over there. Cross the death to self before the wisdom of God can come. 
But the key word here is, you need access to this wisdom. Everybody wants anointing. We say connect anointing with power. Anoint me, anoint me, anoint me. It's connected with power. But there's something greater than power. It's wisdom. Something greater than power. It's the wisdom of God. Paul is lying in the prison. There's no power. Nobody's getting healed. Nobody's getting delivered. No chains are being broken. Doors are firmly shut. Windows are not opening. But he's got the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. The key. The key. When the Bible says, grow in the knowledge of God, we know the base before wisdom can come is knowledge. So there is knowledge, there is understanding, there is wisdom. Wisdom is primarily the application of knowledge. We are not talking about the knowledge of the world. We are not talking about the knowledge of creation. We are talking about the knowledge of the creator. Turn to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7 and then Proverbs 9 and verse 10. The key. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So at every level you need something. You don't have the fear of God, knowledge won't be open. So basically it means if you do not have the fear of God, you do not really have the knowledge of God. You don't have the knowledge of God. You have the knowledge about God, you don't have the knowledge of God. That's simple as that. You can sit in the church and die in a church without the knowledge of God because simply you did not have the key that opens. What is that opens? The knowledge of God and it becomes personal is a fear of God. It is safety. God is protecting me. He's protecting you. He says, you really want to know me? Put your safety belt. It's a fear of God. It's a fear of God. Faith is primarily connected with the integrity and the power of God. That is what faith is connected with. God has said something, he will do it. You don't have to question it. He's a person of integrity and he has the power to back it up. That is where faith comes. Love is connected with the person of God. His kindness, his compassion is such a nice person. You can't but help loving him more and more. But fear is got to do with his righteousness and his holiness. Both which can destroy us. If people go to hell, it's because they did not understand his righteousness. And they laughed at his righteousness. If people are kept far away from God, even after they are saved, because they did not understand his holiness. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Immediately you are told the danger of his holiness. Wash your hands. Cleanse your hearts, you double-minded. God is... Is light, but he covers himself in darkness to protect us. So the fear of God is got to do with the two primary facets of his character. In his dispensation, he's always righteous. In his nature, he's holy. But if you want to have the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God, the fear of God does not increase, decrease. It increases. It opens up first the knowledge of God. But application of it is wisdom. You need to go to higher level of the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom comes after knowledge. Without knowledge, you cannot have wisdom. 
First you have base wisdom or knowledge. And then wisdom is the application of how to use it in a practical situation. That is wisdom. The knowledge of God. The wisdom of God. And then the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. What is understanding? It's the knowledge of the Holy One. Not the knowledge of the One. The Holy One. So when Christ came, He showed us, not just the power of God, He showed us the wisdom of God through the cross. We see Jesus crucified only at the end of His life. What we do not see is that He carried His cross all His life. Therefore, He manifested both the power and the wisdom of His Father. He won't tell us to do something which He won't do Himself. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. This is what he says. 9 and 23. He said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. No cross, no wisdom. No cross, no wisdom. What is cross? Cross simply is the instrument by which you die to your opinion, your wisdom, your attitude, and accept the wisdom of God by faith. It's an instrument. It's simply an instrument on which you die. And Jesus, by dying to himself continuously and all the time, was exhibiting to us the power of God, and the wisdom of God. He did not exhibit the power all the time. Because the wisdom of God told him not to ex- exhibit the power. On the cross you don't see the power. You see the wisdom. You see the wisdom. You don't see the power of God there. You see the wisdom of God. Just hidden to the whole world. Nobody understood. Nobody understood. Not a single person understood the wisdom of God. And the cross. Unless we die to ourselves, consciously, willingly die to ourselves, we cannot receive the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is what keeps, gives us our breakthrough. Not temporal, eternal. Eternal breakthrough. And to have that wisdom, there is a master key. That master key is called fear of God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. In who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplication. How? With vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. He was not heard because he cried loudly. He was not heard because his tears were flowing. Both was there. He was heard because of his godly fear. Esau also cried with tears. He was not heard because there was no fear of God in that man. Not because of his cries, not because of his tears, but because of his godly fear. The Son of God was heard when he prayed, because he prayed with godly fear. He knew who his father was, and he knew who God was, and there was this reverential fear for him. Noah and his family came through judgment. 
Hebrews 11.7 came through judgment. Not because he heard the voice of God. Not because he got the instructions of God. They all had a part to play. Not because he built his ark. No, not because of that. It's because he was moved with godly fear and made the ark. That one thing was the difference. How did he build? He built it with godly fear. Godly fear. And the struggle of mankind within the kingdom of God is because they do not have the access to the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is only given to those who have this, which is called the fear of God. And we have to increase, not decrease in it. There is a natural fear. Which is not bad. Generally, it is not a bad fear. You need to fear certain things. Fear of heights. Fear of falling. Not a bad thing. Then there is something which is demonic. A demonic fear. Okay. So when God tells Gideon, let the fearful go, or the fearful will not enter, it is more demonic, and that you are crippled by that fear. We are not talking about that fear here. That's a demonic, that's not a good fear. We're talking about a fear which is of God. Without which we will never progress in the kingdom of God. We talk about marriages. What are the problems in marriage? Why are there problems in a Christian marriage? Why should be there problems in a Christian marriage? I'm not talking about the problems which are outside and common to man, but the problems which are inside, which is connected with relationship. Don't know why? One thing is missing in the marriage. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's look from verse 15 onwards. These are instructions from a wise man. See then, you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. How can I walk as wise if I don't have access to the wisdom of God? How can I? It doesn't matter what the world says. It's what at the end God says. Enoch was considered a fool in his generation, but he was wise. He was wise because of his walk. Not because of anything else, because how he walked. The first thing God says, don't walk like a fool, walk like a wise. But if you have to walk like a wise, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. Therefore, do not be unwise. Redeeming the time for the days are evil. How can I redeem the time unless I am wise? Because you may think this is very important and I'm spending my time on it and eternity will realize you were a fool. You wasted time on something which was not really important in eternity. You can never really redeem your time unless you have the wisdom of God. You cannot. Honestly, you cannot. Unless we have access to the wisdom of God. Even what we think we are redeeming may be actually lost. Because you do not know what are God's priorities for you and in eternity. That's what wisdom does. The wisdom of God does. Therefore, do not be unwise. Meaning, be wise. But understand what the will of God. You see, the will of God is connected with the redemption of time. How many of you know the will of God for your life? How many of you know the will of God for your life? If you do not know the will of God for your life, 
then you cannot redeem your time. The will of God is not hidden. It is available. Anybody? Are we getting the picture? Understand verse 18. And do not be drunk in wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Why? Because he is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everything. The spirit of Christ himself. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. He says, once you have the wisdom of God, there will be an attitude in your heart which is consistently joy, not happiness. It cannot be shaken. Because you have understood the wisdom of God. You have the wisdom. You know you are depending entirely on the wisdom of God and not on the wisdom of man. That's what faith does. It depends upon the wisdom of God. Entirely on the wisdom of God. You don't have to understand it because often it is unsearchable. Who can understand it? Who can understand it? Nobody can understand it. Fully. As much as it's revealed. And then we come to verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then comes to verse 21, which is the preamble to the marriage session. What is that? Submitting to one another in the... It's as simple as that. Why are there problems in marriage? Because either one or both does not have the fear of God. That's simple as that. What brings stability to a marriage? The fear of God. Because most issues are first caused by words, then actions. First words, then actions. So sometimes actions without words. Either way. Do you know the book of Balaki says, God listens to the conversation of those who fear him. Do you know that if you listen to people, you will know that they don't fear God? I'm not talking about joking. I'm talking about in the normal conversation, you will realize they don't really fear God. They really do not fear God. That your conversation is an evidence of whether you fear God or not. People who fear God are very careful about how they speak. How they speak. Okay. Because most of the things that happens in a relationship, conflict, is because of words. But if your words are careful, then there is no conflict. Chances of conflict are very less. But there is only one way your words can be right. It's because you have the fear of God. When Bible says Jesus never sinned with his lips, there was no deceit found in his lips. You need to ask him, why was it so? It's because his heart was guarded by the fear of God. Therefore, his words were always right, never wrong. The key, the key. And if you do not have the fear of God, let me tell you, Almost every instruction of the Lord is wasted. It is wasted. It will not last. It will not last. 
We talk about righteousness, peace, joy. Right? What is that? It's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a realm where he rules. He rules. He rules over that realm. We are called to rule over our lives. Act like little kings and queens over our own lives. Turn to the book of Proverbs again. Chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. Then, yeah, this was the one, Malachi 3.16. Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. Let's go to Proverbs 8. By me, who is me? Wisdom. By me, kings reign. And rulers decree justice. God says, if you really want to be a king under Christ Jesus, you can only rule by one way. It's through wisdom. There's no other way. And he says, but to access that wisdom, there is a key. What is the key? You need the fear of God. To access knowledge. Access wisdom. Access wisdom. You know, if you have access to the wisdom of God, you know, I'm not saying you understand it, but you have access to it. Almost all your troubles cease inside. It stops inside. Suddenly troubles are outside. They are not inside. The problem is not the trouble. The problem is gets inside. It gets inside because we do not have the knowledge of God. Or the wisdom of God. How could Jesus be so peaceful on the cross? Not painful. Peaceful. The people who are painful were downstairs. Shouting and screaming. He was peaceful on the cross. Why? Because he had access to the wisdom of God. Psalmist wrote. Pharisees memorized. But they did not understand. You will not leave my soul to corruption. They didn't understand it. Written, meditated, memorized for eons, for ages. Nobody understood why I write peace. Because I have access to the wisdom of God. He has said, this body will not see corruption. How are you, Jesus? Good only. Have you been nailed? Yes. Nails on your feet? Yes. Nails on your hands? Yes. Back, whipped and broken? Yes. Any bones broken? No. How did the nails go through so correctly without breaking your bones? Because it is written. Now the soldiers who are nailing my hands onto the cross, their hands are guided by the wisdom of my father. It is written. Not a single bone will be broken. That's why I'm at peace. Because even as they crucify me, and my nails are being pierced. And the back is being broken. I see the wisdom of my father. And the power of my father being manifested. That scripture will not be broken. Therefore I am at peace. In the volume of the book it is written about me. Him and us. Written about us. And that is the wisdom of God. That brings peace. 
But Jesus says, peace that passes understanding. What Paul says, guards your minds and your hearts. And God says, you can have that wisdom. You can have understanding, the knowledge of the Holy One. You can have the knowledge of God. You can have the wisdom of God. What do I need? What do I need? The fear of God. With the fear of God, I have access to the wisdom of God. And through that wisdom, by grace, I reign in righteousness in this life. The result of any true righteous reign is peace. Are you at peace? Are you at peace? April is here. Bills have to be paid. Are you at peace? Future looks bleak. Are you at peace? Let faith be real. When you access the wisdom of God, we really understand what is true riches. Try to same Proverbs 8 verses 10 and 11. Receiving my instruction and not silver. And knowledge rather than choice gold. Honestly, if it is said before you, silver and gold and wisdom, how many people will choose wisdom? Because the dollar is green. In America, they call the dollar greenback. They call it greenback. Okay. You don't know these slangs. If somebody says, do you want a greenback? Take it. It is a dollar. Okay. If a, a, a guy from Netherlands or a, somebody says, can we go eat and we shall go Dutch? Don't go with him. Means he will pay for your meal. I'll pay for my meal. Say, I can eat at home. Understand English. Okay. They will trap you. If you are given a greenback, gold, silver and the wisdom, what will you choose? By the way, the dollar is in the Bible. The first time it was mentioned was in Genesis chapter 7 and 8 when the dove brought the greenback. Just kidding. Because you are so frightened. You don't have to be frightened of the fear of God. It's it's clean, the Bible says. It's pure. It's cleansing. It's not scary. Receive my instruction and not silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. Cannot be compared with her. If you were there for the GTLC, this thing, or you listen to the message, what is written about Jesus? Jesus grew in stature and in wisdom. One line, he grew in wisdom. Right? 240 and 252, both says he grew in wisdom. It's not a normal wisdom. It's not a human wisdom. He waxed strong in the spirit. The word of God is spirit. It's growing strong in the spirit. Growing in wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. What wisdom is he growing in? Why does the son of God have to grow in wisdom? Because he came, emptied himself and said, go the way I am going. If he grew in wisdom, that means he grew in the fear of God. 
And he continued in it. Hebrews 5, 7, if it has to be pinpointed to one day of Jesus' life, is the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Life was like that, but on the Garden of Gethsemane, with loud cries and vehement cries and tears, he's crying out. And they are sleeping. Even his cries could not wake them up. Are you getting the picture? Do we consider wisdom, the wisdom of God, to be more precious than rubies? The knowledge of God more precious than silver or gold? Do we? More than anything else, the Bible says. More than anything else. To be desired more than anything else. Jesus to his disciples talks about true riches. You know what true riches are? These are true riches. Fear of God. Knowledge of God. The wisdom of God. True riches. Go to verses 17 to 21. Same. Same chapter. Proverbs said, go home and go by verse by verse of uh, Proverbs 8. Today's homework. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. The wisdom of God loves those who love the wisdom of God. It's a mutual love. I love those who love me. Those who diligently seek me will find me. Look at that. Next. Riches and honor are with me. What kind of riches? Enduring riches. Nothing in this world is enduring. That's why God called the rich man. You fool. Why was you a fool? Because you were not rich towards me. You don't have enduring riches. You don't have enduring riches. Riches and honor. This is what people are all running after. What are they running after? Everybody wants riches. Everybody wants honor. Riches and honor, wisdom says, is with me. Enduring riches and if you want to grow in your righteousness, wisdom says, it is with me. It is with me. Without my wisdom, you will not grow in your righteousness. The righteous shall shine like stars in heaven. I shall receive the crown of Where do you get this assurance from? From the wisdom of God. From the wisdom of God. Where does the assurance come from? Don't confuse the wisdom of God with the wisdom of the world. So you have the love of God. You have the faith of God. And you have the fear of God. What I call it is a deadly combination. Deadly combination. Unbelievable combination. You have these three. You can have love without the fear of God. You will still fail. You can have faith without the fear of God. You still will not finish off well. You know, it's like a nut and bolt. Fear of God is what keeps it all together. It holds it together, enduring till the end. Till the end. Look at the witness of the Holy Spirit. How the Spirit of Christ actually works individuals and in a community. Acts chapter 2 verse 41 onwards. 
Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. This is the first day, the day of Pentecost, the first day of the church. They were baptized. They received his word. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. What is the result? How do you know the doctrine is true? How do you know your fellowship is true? How do you know the breaking of bread is true? How do you know your prayers is true? Because what happens as a result, the fear of God comes and takes over. You realize how holy he is and how righteous he is. These four things result in something in the church. Result in something in church. It can be individual, it can be corporate. But let us look at individual case. Individually, if it is not happening, these four, these things are not happening in your life. Well, uh, two Sundays back, or last Sunday, we had the Nepali Q&A, two Sundays back. One of the questions was about uh, communion. Communion. Who can take communion? Who cannot take communion within the church? Everything. My answer was that. If you do not come for doctrine regularly, I'm not talking about Sunday to Saturday in our church. Maybe difficult for you, but Sunday, Saturday. If you don't listen to the doctrine of the church, don't take part of this. Because according to the word of God, you are not eligible for taking part of the bread. Because you are not going through the doctrine that teaches you how to judge yourself. After church, you choose not to come to church. You choose not to fellowship with anybody. Do not partake of the bread because you cannot judge the body of Christ because you do not partake in fellowship. You don't relate to the rest of the body because it is scripture. Because how do you judge the Lord and the body of the Lord unless you have gone through doctrine and fellowship? How do you judge? You cannot be isolated sitting in a monastery and judge yourself because you have neither doctrine, you neither have fellowship. The order is given over there. So they are steadfastly receiving the doctrine of Christ, steadfastly partaking in fellowship, steadfastly judging themselves, and they are one in their prayer. And the result of it first is the fear of God comes. And when the fear of God comes, it's so easy for God, for the power of Christ to be manifested among them because the power will not turn any heads away because hearts are guarded by fear. Give anybody a little anointing, a little power, they will run with it. Because there is no fear of God guarding their hearts. Little success, little money, little fame, little honor, they run with it because there is no fear of God guarding their hearts. Here the fear of God comes and guards a church and God is able to do amazing signs and wonders among them. And you know what it resulted in? Verse 44 says, this is the result of it. Verse 44 says, they all who believed were together and all things in common. They lived as a community. Now we may not be able to live like that, but there is something much more serious about it. Nobody was upset because somebody was used more, used less. Sit down, stand up. The apostle said, absolute liberty to reign in the congregation, the spirit of Christ. Because they were all in common. You rise, it is my honor. I sit down, it is your honor. Because we are one body, no parts. Because they have come through doctrine, fellowship, judgment, 
prayer. And the fear of God is guarding the church. Therefore, the wisdom of God and the power of God is being manifested through the apostles. And everybody is partaking of it. This is not an ordinary church. This is the real church. The real church. There is no offense there. There is no strife there. There is nothing there. They don't need family counseling. Their children don't need counseling. Nobody needs anything. Everybody is receiving and thriving. Realize, you know why? Because one thing is guarding everything that is flowing in. It is the fear of God is guarding everything. They understand the holiness of God. They understand the righteousness of God. Church is going on well. It's going on well, going on well. And into that picture comes the enemy. Acts chapter 5, the enemy comes. He hates when the church becomes like that. So he comes. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. A certain man. In the church, a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. He's using something that was happening in the church. He used that same format to infiltrate the church. Same format. He kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now let me ask this question. Why did they do it? Why did they do it? Now why they did it? You will say to gain honor and all, but why did they do it? They did not fear God. They did not fear God. They did not fear. The fear of God had left them. The fear of God had left them. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? How can you are not afraid to lie to the Holy Spirit? Not me. Not me. How come you are not afraid to lie to the Holy Spirit? And keep back part of your price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not yours? After it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to man. You have lied to God. Okay, the next verse. Ananias hearing, this, hearing these words fell down and breathed his last. Basically, he had a heart attack and he died. Your heart shall give away because of fear. Now, this is not the godly fear. This is the terror of the Lord strikes him and his heart fails. Modern day answer, he had a heart attack, collapsed and died right there. And what happened to the others? Great fear came upon all the others. What is God doing? Restoring. Don't let, this is an aberration. Don't go by with this. This is not the norm. The norm is, I'll be in your midst. My love will be there. My presence will be there. My power will be there. My wisdom you can partake, but guard it with the fear of God. The fear of God. Little later, Mrs. Ananias comes. The young man arose and carried his body. Okay. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yeah, for so much. 
Then Peter said, how is that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? How come? Why did they test the spirit of the Lord? Because they did not have the fear of God. Look at the feet of those who have buried your husband at the door. They will carry you out. Look at verse 10 and 11. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. She also had a heart attack. At least they were one in heart attack also. These are not jokes. Over this week, the week that is past, I've been hearing about scoundrels who resisted the voice of God dying at their desk in India and abroad, right there, dying at the lunch and having a heart attack and dying. Because this is so far God will take. After that, he will say, die in my presence, not love. Because if you do not have the fear of God, another fear will take over and break your heart and destroy you. What does the Bible say? The young men came in, found her dead, carrying out, buried her by her husband. So what happened? Again, so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Look at the next verse. It's interesting, verse 12. Yeah, same, next verse. And immediately what happened? Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders. Isn't that the same thing written in Acts chapter 2 too? You want God to do signs and wonders in your life? Guard your heart with the fear of God. It will not turn your head. That's why last Sunday's message, be careful about offense. Be careful about offense. It destroys people. Destroys people. You see what's happening over there? Immediately power is restored. Power is restored. And signs and wonders. And what happened? And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. They're all in. Oneness has come back. And where they're all in? Where? What does it mean? Wisdom is restored again. They have access to the wisdom of God that brings in everything else. Alistair Macklin wrote long ago a novel called Fear is the Key. But he was talking about another fear. When you are tormented and tortured, all the truth will come out. That's what he was talking about. But there is another fear, which is the fear of the Lord, is the key. So 1 Corinthians 1.18, how do you know you are perishing or gaining? The message of the cross. The message of the cross. Death to self. To die to yourself. One of the ingredients you need is fear. The fear of God. You will not say the stuff. You will not, you will not say the stuff. In your homes, in your schools, in your colleges, in your workplaces, you will put a guard on your lips if you know who is listening. If you know who is listening. Why was so much revelation given to Apostle Paul and not to the others? Why so much revelation? So much revelation. First Corinthians chapter 2. 
Let's read from verse 1 to 2. I think that couple who came, came for the other meeting. Just help them if they need. You don't want them. We, uh, I think they came for the other meeting. There's another meeting on the other side. Okay. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. What is he saying? Okay. What is he saying? What is he saying? He said, I didn't come. I didn't come. I didn't come with excellence of speech or of wisdom. But that's what, how we want to come, right? If you have to stand, what do you want to look at? You want eloquence. Lord, give me eloquence. I want to speak well. Or the wisdom of men. So I didn't come like that. What did, how did I come? I determined not to know anything among you. Except Christ and him crucified. I didn't want to know. I only wanted to know the power of the cross. Christ crucified me dead to self. And Christ manifesting in and through me. I didn't want to know anything else. Anything else. Look at this man. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Much trembling. He's talking about his inside. How he is before God. Who is before God. To everybody who comes from here to here. Ministry. That's what he's talking about. Here to here in any format. Pulpit or worship. How do you come? This may be only three steps. Spiritually, it is a thousand miles. Three steps for the human feet. It's like... Armstrong speaking about walking on moon. One small step for man. Giant leap for mankind. Three steps for man. A thousand miles to come up. If you do not have the right heart. People, people don't die there. People die here. People die here. They don't die there. They die here. Everybody in this 14 years who left church died first here before they died there. Because they don't realize the power of God and the wisdom of God has to be handled with the fear of God. You do not mock God or his body. They didn't die there. They died here. Aaron's sons did not die in the outer courts. They died in the holy place. Because we do not guard our hearts with the fear of God. There's no fear of God. Really, really no fear of God. How we say, how we talk, how we behave, how we deal with one another. And God is listening. And a book of remembrance, the Bible says, is being written. And Paul says, when I came to you, oh, Corinth church, full of weak believers, immoral believers. He says, yeah, maybe. But when I come to you, this is how I come. Because I know in whose name I come. It's not about you. It's about him. It's not about the people. It's about God. That's how Joseph worked in Potiphar's house. It was not about Potiphar. It was about God. Therefore God was with him. Why was God with him for 13 years as a slave and as a prisoner? You know why? Because the fear of God guarded his heart. Therefore God was with him. 
We like favor. We like prosperity. We like everything you touch turn to gold. You know why? Because his heart was guarded by the fear of God. Therefore, God could give him his wisdom. And the Pharaoh could acknowledge this is the wisdom of God. Question, how did you have access to this wisdom? Aren't you a shepherd boy? What is your resume? Which college did you go to? Who was your tutor? Who taught you? Spirit of God. How did the Spirit of God teach you? Because my heart was guarded by one thing. The fear of God. What all the counselors of Pharaoh, all the astrologers of Pharaoh, all the magicians of Pharaoh could not have an iota of what is happening, this young boy is able to say. But why was he able to say? Why did he have access to the secrets of God and the wisdom of God? You know why? Because he knew the message of the cross. That in God's presence, those who die, live. Those who live, die. That's the message of the cross. Why are we saying it? Because yes, it is lent. But the message of the cross has vanished. There's no message of the cross anymore. It's not there in personal lives. It's not there in homes. It's not there in churches. It is not there in the public square. The message of the cross has come. But if Christ's power and wisdom has to be manifested in the last days, what has to come back? The message of the cross has to come back. No other way it will happen. Message of the cross. Verse 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. He says, therefore, when I went on mission to place to place, I saw that naked display of God's power. You know why? Because my heart was guarded by the fear of God. Therefore, God could trust me with his power, knowing that power won't destroy me. The power of God. Demonstration of the power of God, he says. In a demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Lema, walking, blind are seeing, dead are being raised, all kind of things are happening, so that your faith is in the power of God and not in the wisdom of man. He's talking about missions. Then it changes to verse 6. And seven and eight. However, however, if you are not mission ground, if you believe you are mature, you don't need so much demonstration of the power of God. To those who are mature, I have to tell you something more than the power of Christ. I have to tell you about the wisdom of God. Because Christ is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. And there is something greater than power. It is wisdom. To you who are mature, who are not fascinated by power, who is not running after power meetings, I have something to tell you. You know what it is? It is, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. To nothing. In verse 7, we speak the wisdom of God. In a mystery, 
the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for if they had known, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Prince of Glory. Still true. If you and I had known the wisdom of God, how do you know? You know, have the wisdom of God. If you know, you have the wisdom of God, you will embrace the cross. Because you know, the cross is the power of God. Why have pastors stopped preaching the foolishness of the cross? Because they don't see the power and the wisdom in that message. They don't see the power. So here is Jesus. The real, the real Jesus, the real thing. Not the fake that is often preached. Full of the spirit of God, the power of God. John says he gives spirit without measure. And the Bible says Jesus was filled without measure by the spirit. Filled without measure. Every manifestation of the Holy Spirit he had. He was filled without measure. But why? Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1 to 3. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his root. So it does not matter where you come from. Who is Jesse? Jesse. Just one small family in a one horse town called Bethlehem. Nobody bothered about Bethlehem until David came from there. After that, they forgot it until Jesus came from there. It's not a big town. It's a small little hamlet, not even a village. Can't be even called a village. It's a hamlet. But out of that little place, little family, shall come a rod from the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. What will happen? The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Rest. The spirit of God finds rest upon this person. Rest upon this person. Not fly and go, fly and go. Rest upon this person. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel. The spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the spirit of the fear of God. What did verse 3 say? His delight is in the fear of God. He knows all these other six things can be lost. If this not goes, it will be gone. Look at the people in the Bible who were fantastic men or women who started well, who did not finish well. You look back, this not went. They did not or they lost the fear of God. Somewhere along the way they lost it. Somewhere along the way they lost it. Jesus never lost it. From the beginning till the end. Why is he growing in all these things? Because holding it, delighting in the fear of God. The fear of God. Be careful. Hebrews chapter 1, 8 and 9. To the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Why? Verse 9. You have loved righteousness, hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. More than your companions. The reason he loved righteousness. He hated lawlessness. But the question is, how did he love righteousness? Now, how did he love, hate lawlessness? 
Otherwise, it's just theory, right? We want practical, right? How do? How do? I also, Lord, I'll see that. I also want to be like you. I want to love righteousness and I want to hate lawlessness. How did you get it? Proverbs 8.13 The fear of God, of the Lord, is to hate evil. The fear of God is to hate evil. So if you want to hate evil, you need to ask the Spirit. It's, the Spirit of God is already in us. Everybody who is saved has the Spirit of God. But you have to ask the Spirit who is in you, will you please give me the fear of the Lord that I may hate evil? You don't have to look outside. It is inside. The Spirit that was upon Jesus, which birthed him, which birthed you and me, is in us. The fear of God is to hate evil. Pride, hate pride, hate arrogance, hate the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. How does it all happen? It happens because of one facet, not because of the spirit of wisdom, no. Not because of the spirit of knowledge, not because of the spirit of power, not because of the spirit of might. It's because of the spirit of the fear of God. You hate what God hates. You love what God loves. That is why knowledge is important. The knowledge of God. Knowledge gives you access to stuff. How do I have this, O oh God? Because it is said about you, you loved righteousness, hated wickedness. Therefore, the Lord your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness far above your companion. I want that joy. I want that anointing. And I see Paul had it in the prison, singing in the prison. Whether it is Philippi in the prison or some other prison in Rome writing to the Philippi church, he's always singing. But if you look at him, you don't want to sing. When you look at him, your song goes while he's singing. How does this man sing? The reason God has anointed him. It's an anointing. Where did you get this anointing, Paul? He says from the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord gives this anointing? Yes, because the fear of the Lord causes you to hate what God hates and love what God loves. Proverbs 8, 20 and 21. I traverse the way of righteousness. In the midst of the path of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. The fear of the Lord causes you to access wisdom. The wisdom gives you access to the treasuries of God forever. Forever. Luke 16 and verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, let's leave that alone, though it's important. Who will commit to your trust true riches? So there's something in the Bible called true riches. There's something in the Bible. Because if anything is true, it is eternal. Anything is true, it is eternal. You cannot uh, dislike your wife here and love her there. So it's not true. Anything is true, it is eternal. That's the nature of truth. It's forever and ever. Everything that is true here is eternal. If it is not true here, it is temporal. So there is something called eternal riches, eternal glory, eternal Honor, eternal strength, eternal might, eternal. 
God says, I will commit it into your hands. What is true? Because we are running after all the same things in the temporal. God says, why don't you run for the eternal? Are you getting the picture? So Christ, what is he called? The power and the wisdom of God. For though all those who are called, that's the first thing. Am I called? Am I called? For all those who are called, Romans 8, 28, uh, 29, 28, 29, 30 maybe. All those who are called. We know that all things, and you say, Lord, most things don't work for my good. God says, why? Why doesn't work for your good? All things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be confirmed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, this he also justified. So all he called, if he has called you, who is your power? Christ. Who is your wisdom? Christ. But how do you access Christ? Through the cross. The problem is we want power and wisdom and also want to live. God says, sorry, no access to my power and my wisdom. If you die, you have access to my power and wisdom because my son lives through you. That is what actually faith is. That is what actually faith is. That is what faith is. It is impossible for God to trust his power and his wisdom into your hands. More than power, his wisdom. His life into our hands unless we choose to die. Because two people cannot live at the same time in the same body. Only one lives. Either Christ lives or I live. The minute Christ lives, I have to die. The minute I live, Christ dies. That's why we are called to live by faith. We have little, little gaps of faith and the rest is sight. But that's not the life. And our response will show. That's why last Sunday's message was important. Because offense is a killer. John the Baptist was offended. Elijah was offended. Cain was offended. All these people are offended. You can be offended. It's a natural response. and But you have fear. It guards your heart. When the oxen stumbled and Uzziah touched and Uzziah hurt, died, when David hurt, he was angry and he was afraid. First he was angry. Then he said, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Who am I angry at? Who killed him? God killed him. What am I angry at? I made all these preparations and got all this stuff and 30,000 soldiers and everything. You don't accept my offering? Shh. Who am I to ask whether it's acceptable or not? I'm sorry, Lord. Offended and immediately guarded his heart with fear. Because we get offended. Somebody doesn't compliment us. Somebody doesn't congratulate. Somebody does not acknowledge. We get offended. Because there is no fear of God. You get upset. Homes, husbands, wives all get upset. Children get upset. Parents get upset. But those who fear God, their conversation is different. Even when it is upsetting, their conversation is upset. Curse God and die. Who said? 
Whose uh, proverb is that? Mr. Job's proverb. Curse God and die. What did Job say? You're talking like a? How careful with his words. He didn't say, you fool! How dare you talk like that? He didn't say that. He said, you know what? You're talking like a foolish woman. Meaning, most of the time you're wise, but this time you're foolish. The fear of God has left your heart. You're talking like a foolish woman. Do we only accept good from God and not evil? How dare you talk like that? How dare you talk like that? That's not the way to talk. Honey, that's not the way to talk. You're questioning the integrity of God. The wisdom of God. His wisdom is unsearchable. His ways cannot be found out. Our children died. Yes, we lost everything. But do you understand why? That is God. Our job is to worship Him and praise Him and to thank Him. Because we don't understand why He's doing things. The wisdom of God. That's why Paul says, be wise and don't walk like the unwise. Singing, rejoicing, making melody and giving thanks to God in everything. Why? You don't understand what is happening in your life is the wisdom of God. You don't understand. It's the wisdom of God. Because all things are working out together for the good of those who love God. The wisdom of God. Completely different. The wisdom of God. By faith, we are actually accessing not only the power of God, but the wisdom of God. The power of God can be seen. The wisdom of God we never usually fully understand. Till today I haven't understood the cross. The wisdom of God. Till today I don't understand how the walls of Jericho fell. Or how Moses parted the Red Sea. It's all the wisdom of God. How did you do it? We don't understand. Because if you ask modern day scientists, they will tell you how long it will, how long it will take. How much is the pressure of the wind needed to dry up the floor of this thing? The water to stand up on both sides. It has to be at least a kilometer long or a mile wide for these people to cross in one night. Two million people. If you hear all the details, you'll realize, you know what? Leave it to science can't figure this out. Leave it, leave it, leave it. It's foolishness. Trying even to figure out the wisdom of God. How can you feed 40,000, 40, uh, 2 million people for 40 years in the desert with nothing? Logistic chodo. It is beyond my, just enjoy it. The wisdom, power of God is one thing you experience. The wisdom of God, who can understand? And when you walk in unbelief, you are not only questioning the power of God, you are questioning the wisdom of God. Why did this happen to me? You think I am unwise? You think I am a fool? You think I am unjust? The wisdom of God. That is why the fear of God, the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God are very, very closely connected. Don't leave the land. It is famine. Everything is dry. Don't leave the land. Stay here. Everybody is going that side. Stay here. Okay, Lord, because you said maybe manna will drop from heaven. No. Sow your seed. Sow your seed. In famine. In dry land. Not a drop of water. I will. Why? I don't understand the wisdom of God. Unsearchable wisdom of God. I don't understand unsearchable wisdom of God. 
Are we getting it? Honestly, are we getting it? Turn to John chapter 14 as we get ready for communion. 16 to 18. John 14. One of my most favorite verses in Jesus' final discourse to his disciples. I will pray the Father and he will give you another. So what does it mean? All these years, I was your helper. I was with you. I helped you through it all. That he may abide with you forever. Unlike me, he will abide with you forever. Because I came in the body, I have to go. But he will come in the spirit, he will be with you forever. The very spirit that filled me will be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Next verse. I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you orphans. That's the most important line there. The spirit of God is inside you. You are not an orphan. You are not an orphan. Orphans don't have parents. They don't have the presence of their parents with them. God says you are not an orphan. How do you know you are not an orphan? Because the very spirit of God has come. How did he come? In his fullness. In his fullness. What does he bring? He brings everything. He brings everything. The security you want. Above all the wisdom you want. Above all, he has the fear of God with him. Will you ask? It's a good month, new month, fourth month beginning. So Lord, I've heard so much about knowledge, so much about wisdom, so much about power. I wanted all these things. But you can give it to people only if it won't destroy them. But that's what a father is. A father doesn't, won't give a child a blade. Because he knows it will destroy the child. But when the child is of age and able to handle it, the father will give it to him. What has changed between the child and the young man? The fear of that object has come. The child will take it and will run because he had no fear of the object. But now fear has come and he has learned to handle it very carefully. Fear is guarding his heart from using this without destroying him yet to become a blessing. You know why God is not able to give most things to most people? Because there is no fear of God. He's not able to give riches. Though riches come through wisdom. Because riches will destroy most children of God. He's not able to give power. And there are a lot of people with power and he's destroying them. Because there is no fear of God in them. They are like Samson. Running around with the anointing as if it's a toy. They cannot be given knowledge because if you give them knowledge, they will talk non-stop about their knowledge instead of magnifying God and keeping their mouth shut. Because they are like Hezekiah who will open up the treasuries of God to the Babylon envoys of Babylon. And God is doing it in his wisdom because he loves us. We are not orphans. We are not orphans. We are children of the living God. And the spirit that came in is that sevenfold same spirit that was in and upon Jesus. And he was filled with its fullness. Why? Why was he filled with fullness? And he was never destroyed. Because he had one thing. That was the fear of God. 
He feared his father. The fullness is available for your lives. It's available for your homes. It is available for your church. It's available. God is not holding it back. But if it has to be given, we have to be safe. And the safety is what we are talking about. Look at Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. And then let us go to communion. Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. We looked at it a few weeks back. Remember? Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive what? Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. The sevenfold blessing. If that is the Lamb's, so it is his brides. Husband eats full, wife goes hungry. It does not happen in heaven. He feeds her first and after that he eats. We will drink wine. He's still waiting. Now I'm talking about communion. Until that day I will not drink of the fruit of that wine. People will keep asking me. Last time with the Nepali, so many ask about wine, 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 wine. I said if no other proverb and counsel will not meet your requirement to give off that, I said listen to this. This is what he said to his disciple. This is my last drink. After this, I'll wait 2,000 years to drink again until you come there. And I told them, if that is what he is doing for me, that is what I will do for him. Because love never fails. Faith may fail, hope may fail, but once you realize he's holding back for my sake, your sake, we will hold back for his sake. That's why it's just an emblem. This is not wine. Look at the sevenfold. You want this? You want this? Now go read in the beginning again. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb. How did he become worthy? Who was? Slain. That's the message of the cross. Once you are slain, you become worthy. Once you are slain, you become worthy. In God's eyes for all these things. Because he gives the spirit without measure. Without measure. Only condition. Will you be slain with him? Will you be dead in him? So he can give you all these things. And he knows it will not harm you. It will not harm you. Riches won't harm you. Honor won't harm you. Power won't harm you. Nothing will harm you. Strength, blessing, nothing will harm you. You know why? Because you are Dead, not in your trespasses, but dead in your baptism. Paul says in the book of Romans, every day when you wake up, reckon yourself dead. Christ loves. Reckon yourself dead. Not love, not alive, dead. Then it's not difficult to be a good husband, or a good wife, a good child, a good sheep. It's very easy. Because Christ is always good. It's never bad. The problem is, I am bad, he is good. And the bad is living, the good is dying. God says, will the bad die so the good can live? That is the message of the cross. That is the message of the... That is the wisdom of God. How will we considered righteous before God all the time? Christ is righteous all the time. He said, this is the message of the cross. Just embrace the cross and die and let him live. Suddenly your song changes. 
Your conversation changes. Your thoughts changes. Your attitude changes. Everything changes because that is what Christ is. And that is what we are not. Everything changes. Troubles don't look like trouble anymore because even on the cross, he was praying. He was blessing. He was ministering. Are you getting the picture? Let's have the elders here. Everything becomes easy. The cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved. Those who are being saved. It is the power and the wisdom of God. Christ, the power and the wisdom of God. You may have, we may have experienced him as power. But God says to those who are mature, I want to talk to you about the wisdom of God. As we go to the table, remember, this table is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Come. As we go to the Lord's table, remember, this is not my table, Pastor Vijay's table, or our table. We are partakers at the table. This is the Lord's table. This is what the Lord said. When the emblems come to you, please keep it in your hand. We shall partake of it together. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. Whenever you eat it, drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Father, this morning we come to you. We trust your wisdom. The cross is the wisdom of God. The mystery of his wisdom that was hidden from the powers to be of the ages then and the ages to be. And We thank you for the cross. The cross where your body hung where your blood was shed for the remission of our sins. We don't understand, but we know it is your wisdom. Therefore, by faith, we receive the finished work of Christ on the cross. And as we partake of the emblems of his body and his blood, we pray it will cleanse us. It will heal us. It will strengthen us. It will awaken us. Let this month be a new beginning for many. Where they use that key to die to self that Christ may love. Christ who is worthy 
to receive all honor, power and glory. Not only now, but forever. That he may live. I pray. Prepare our hearts and our minds to partake of your table, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 See from this day, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love, to turn with me to Luke chapter 9 23 to 25 then Jesus said to them if anyone desires to come after me that condition is only if you desire to come to go after Jesus not go after other things. If you want to go after other things, this condition isn't there. Only for those who want to go after Jesus. Go after Jesus. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. But what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? This is giving us the wisdom of God. If you're a man in the house of God, married man in the house of God, when you wake up in the morning, pick up your cross. Deny yourself. And you'll realize it's not so difficult for Christ to love your wife through you. You find it difficult. He doesn't. If you're a woman, when you wake up in the morning, deny yourself and pick up your cross. And you will realize Christ has no issues in submitting to your husband. 
in all things as unto the Lord. And if you are a child, a saved child, who has some knowledge of the word of God, all you have to do is deny yourself, pick up the cross, and you realize no rule is so difficult. This is what is called the obedience of Christ. That is what ultimately everything is going to is Christ is bringing all the enemies of the Father until the obedience of Christ. And then he hands the kingdom over to the Father. God has shown us the secret. God has shown us the secret. Okay? The fear of God. And God doesn't do anything for us until he has gone before us. And Christ is the example. He goes before us. Final words for today. If I am right, it is Genesis 7 verse 1. See, Genesis is a book I have taught for 25, 27, 28, 30 years. But every time I teach Genesis again, God will put a surprise to me again, saying, you thought you knew, I will show you new things. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Read it? I read it. You read it? We read it. What is new there? The Lord said to Noah, come into the, what did he say? He didn't say go into the ark. He's inside. He's already inside. He said, did you know that I was already inside the ark? I've never seen this, honestly. Before God, I'm telling you. I preached this, read this a thousand times. Unless he opens, you don't see. He said, son, do you know I was in the ark? And I told him to come inside and order outside and tell him to go inside. A whole lot of difference. Christ has already gone this way and he's saying, come follow me. He's not standing outside and says, no, I know I haven't experienced the cross. You experienced the cross. He says, no, I went through the cross. Come. I'm already inside. You come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. And he says, there is life. The way of the cross is the way of life. Life eternal. This season, in this April 2022, make that decision, Lord, help me to guard my heart with the fear of God and go through the way of cross and you will be there in my life, in my home, in my marriage, with my children, in my workplace. You have gone before me. And you will see life will be different. Amen? Shall we stand? Father, this morning, we just want to thank you, Lord. We just thank you. We just thank you. With godly fear for the saving of his family, Noah, over a hundred years of labor, built an ark, exactly according to what God said. But he was the, God was the first one to be in. Because it was not the ark that was going to save him. Not even the work, the exact work. It was the presence of God in the ark that was going to keep him. That's what God is telling us. It's Christ in us. The spirit of Christ in us. The seal with which he has sealed our redemption. The Christ in us is the hope of our glory. The Christ in us alone is worthy. The question God is saying, 
that Christ was a Christ who was slain. That Christ is the Christ who went through the cross. Would you die today? And die every day? That he may be worthy to receive all glory, honor and power. So that when he receives it, you will still remain humble because you know this is not you. It is him. You will not boast because you will know it is not your work. It is his work. You will know it is not your power. It is his anointing. All you wear was the vessel. Maybe a worthy vessel, but it was his word that made you worthy. It was his blood that cleansed you. It is his spirit which equipped you. Just a vessel. Just a vessel. Nothing else. I pray, Father, cleanse us, sanctify us, and fill us with yourself. The less of us, the better. We may not see it. We may not even feel like it. But we know it is true to the wisdom of God. The less of us, the better. The more of you, the best. Each day, Lord. Each day. Even the little young ones. The little ones. The babies in the womb. I commit them all into thy hands. No one is kept short from the power of your Holy Spirit. John the Baptist could be filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. The Spirit of God will rest upon the babies in the house. The babies in the mother's womb too, Lord. We commit the smallest to the oldest into thy hands. Rest upon us, Spirit of God. Rest upon us with your fullness. Guard our hearts and our minds with the fear of God. That we never lose what you do in our lives. It is guarded for eternity. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I bless your people in your name. May the blessings of the Lord pursue them and overtake them all through this month. And they will be able to say at the end, God, I experienced him more in April than Jan, Feb, and February. March. Oh, Father. Closer, closer walk with you. Nearer and nearer to thee, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, we lift up holy hands. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. And we proclaim in your house in the name of Jesus. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. God's people said, Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. 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 God bless you.